Hi, everybody, and welcome to another comic-centered edition of Words, Images, and Worlds. Delighted on this episode to be talking with author Ethan Sachs. Ethan, thank you for jumping in. Thank you for joining. Thank you for having me. I'm looking My forward pleasure. to this. I was talking with a guest yesterday who had a DC hat on, and you have a Marvel hat on. So this is very like we're representing the big two very well. This this works. It works very well. And let well. me just say, uh, I just started writing a, f a few things for DC. So I'm in no, I'm very nonpartisan when it comes to, uh, you know, much as when I grew up, I, I read everything. So um, this is just a hat I really like. <laughs> it's not yes. a political statement against uh <laughs> against anybody that's what doc shaner was saying yesterday about dc as well it's just a hat that you like and i totally get that absolutely I i'm the same way i grew up as a dc kid because batman was right there but then it was not long before i was reading spider-man and cap and whatever i could get my hands on and i mean these days the world of like dynamite and first second and uh, even the major publishers are starting to get into comics with like Random House graphics and things like that. So there's a lot to enjoy. Absolutely. And um, so in the world of Marvel, I, I know you with um, Star Wars and of course the the Bounty Hunter series, which is great. One of my favorites, as well as some other titles in the Star Wars universe. Um, Old Man Hawkeye, Old Man Quill. Um, we've got... Midnight Suns, and then I've also read your work outside of Marvel with things like uh, probably the title that comes to mind first is Kiss Zombies, um, so <laughs> where you get to do two really interesting things. You get to tell kind of a a kiss centered comic story, which I hadn't seen anything that really engaged me since about the 90s uh, when that first started with Todd McFarlane with Kiss and then you also you kind of get to tell you know like a zombie horror wasteland kind of story kind of meshed together in a way um, so we'll, we'll certainly talk about any of those titles that you want to and any other titles uh, but but what about comics sort of pulled you in as a writer well, this is sort of a second career for me because uh, for 20 years, basically, when since I was started in uh, as as an adult, um, in from '96 to uh, December of 2016, I was actually a uh, newspaper reporter at the New York Daily News, and um, my main beat became what was not so affectionately called by my editors the geek beat. <laughs> and I just started out because literally no one else was interested in comics and um, video games and sci-fi and uh, and over the years, things like The Walking Dead and Game of Thrones and Star Wars. And so I just got to, by the fact that there was no one else to compete with, got to write a lot of these stories. Uh, and then I became very good friends with Joe Quesada. Uh, who started out as just someone I talked to for uh, for articles and then over the years became a very good friend. And um, the, the shortest version of the story is in May of 2016 for May the 4th, uh, you know, as, May, as in May the 4th be with you, I mm -hmm. did an interview with this actor, Paul Blake, who played Greedo, uh, who since <laughs> passed away. And he was so funny. We we're talking about who shot first and the, you know, depending on the generation you were in, what you saw kind of thing. And that led me to an idea for a story of the murder investigation of Greedo done as sort of as an uh, homage to Kurosawa's uh, Rashomon, which is based on a Japanese novel about a, 
of murder and in, uh, in sort of uh, feudal Japan and different witnesses had different versions. Uh, I sort of pitched doing a spec script. Uh, Joe was not editor in chief at that time, but he was not very enthusiastic, but said, sure, I'll read it. And, mm. you know, he'll kick it to, to the guys at, at Marvel if, uh, if he deemed it was worth their time. But it's not enthusiastic. I think it was just, you know, it was at a Met game and it was like, whatever. Uh, so I was first comic book script I ever uh, wrote, but I had read so many of them over the years and I had a connection at Lucasfilm. So uh, they put me in touch with Pablo Hidalgo so I could ask him about some continuity things. And I wrote the script, sent it by email, didn't hear anything for months. So I thought, all right, well, he must have hated it. Uh, and then my I flew to Japan to visit my in-laws, plane lands on September 7th, 2016. And um, I got the email that would change my life. I believe the subject line was something like F Greedo. That's uh, <laughs> from Joe. But it was basically the gist of it was never mind Greedo. I'll, I'll sanitize it. Uh, you can actually write comics. So basically, plane lands uh, September seventh. I get this email, which uh, changed the course of my life. And it basically was never mind Greedo. I think you can write for a living. Um, long story short, coincidentally, about a month later, there were offers for buyouts uh, from the Daily News, and I took one. Uh, cause I'd been there 20 years. It was seven months pay. So if you're going to make a career change, like that's, uh, the time to do it. And so I took a leap and yeah, so here I am all these years later, uh, they never ended up publishing that story. <laughs> I think Lucasfilm, it was a little too out there for Lucasfilm, I think, but the, the people inside Marvel loved it and indirectly, I mean, it took close to a year, uh, but it, indirectly it led to old man Hawkeye, which was oh, my nice. first sort of big hit for Marvel. Where you get to kind of craft this scene where like every member, virtually every member of fandom dies in some way, which is <laughs> that was hard. That was hard. Yeah. And actually, it was funny because I uh, interviewed for the Daily News, uh, uh, George R. R. Martin. And one mm -hmm. of the things we talked about was the Red Wedding scene. And when oh, he yeah. wrote the book, he skipped over that chapter and literally like, he knew what was going to happen. So he wrote, wrote everything else and it was so painful for him to write that chapter. Mm. And I kind of understood that writing is, you know, I did not love having to do that. I mean, I thought it was necessary for the story yeah. to explain yeah. sort of why Hawkeye, you know, turned out the way he did, what, what, you know, why he was going on this particular mission of vengeance. And, um, but man, it was just so brutal. Uh, yeah. I'm not, yeah. I'm not necessarily, um the most comfortable with that kind of stuff because you know i love these characters and it, it just felt it felt really rough well in the in the history of you know infinity gauntlet and and jim starlin doing that in that world um he did what you needed to do for the story so and yeah. we know those characters live on in different ways so. <laughs> yes not in that universe but <laughs> that's right that that's was right. that was the thing it was not like you know the usual sort of uh, thing with comics where like okay you know superman's gonna come back or you know you know cap's gonna come back and in that world they're all gone and so it was you know and thinking of these brutal ways it just it felt like a serial killer yeah 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 uh, well the story the story continues from there and takes yes. really interesting turns too um so 
curious about some of those you mentioned titles outside of marvel and i mentioned dynamite and a couple of those pieces but curious about some of the experiences along the way um that have been you know really positive people that have come along and kind of uh been the people that have been wonderful collaborators mentors things like that i always like to emphasize the positive of, of people's journey yeah. I mean, there's so many to name check. Uh, you know, obviously, Joe, I owe my career to Joe Casada and to Axel Alonso, who was editor-in-chief at the time. And years later uh, at AWA Studios, it gave me, you know, two of the most important uh, books that I've ever worked on, which were non nonfiction books, uh, COVID Chronicles and Climate Change mm -hmm, Chronicles, mm -hmm. of which I'm very, very proud, mm -hmm. uh, sort of connected me, uh, connected with my journalism uh, roots. Um, you know, there's so many creators like the the Star Wars writers and editors that are in our weekly Zoom calls. So like everyone from Mark Panicia and um, Danny, Tom, Mikey, the other editors there and Charles Soule, uh, you know, Greg, Alyssa, Mark, um, just so many people. Matt Rosenberg was early on was just a big help. Rich Duick, like there are just so many people to name check. And the greatest thing about comics, I think, is these are most of the people I've met, if uh, you know, um, have just been so gracious with their hard earned knowledge and um, experiences and sharing. You know, uh, I just started kind of a what for me as a big creator on book. And so I learned so much oh. from Matt Rosenberg about, you know, what I should be doing to um get the word out and things like that and so i'm uh you know very very appreciative of all of them yeah yeah great great to have positive voices along the way and you mentioned covid chronicles which is just a, a really excellent example of what comics can do that's kind of outside of the the science fiction um superheroes sort of territory which is also something that i love to talk about on the show how comics can be really a way to tell virtually any kind of story yeah i mean it uh, the first one started literally uh in, at the beginning of the pandemic where new york where where i live and where axel alonzo lives it was the center of the global pandemic i mean i mm -hmm. it really felt like a zombie movie the streets were empty there was nothing you know no pedestrians the constant stream of sirens. I had friends who were sort of at the epicenter and uh, Axel, because at that time there was, everything was put on pause. Uh, the printing presses stopped, the distribution stopped. And so Axel was like, we need to do, and they had just launched AWA with uh, the resistance. Like there was the very first, I think the week before. So he wanted to do something and we all felt kind of powerless in, what, in the face of what was happening. So at that time, I was freelancing for NBC, mm -hmm. and um, uh, it, uh, yeah. So he basically, I, I negotiated a, like them talking to each other. We ran it online first, and so basically, what it was is I was interviewing people around the world who were at the epicenter uh, of this pandemic. You know, a doctor uh, at the at the border. It was mm -hmm. uh, at, at a refugee camp uh, on the southern border, uh, an emergency room nurse in New York, an Italian tenor who was serenading, um, you know, his neighbors. It went viral. Uh, just all these different, different uh, people. And that 
was uh, successful, I guess, in the sense that it won some awards. And so they let me do a sequel, which was called Climate Change, uh, Climate Crisis Chronicles. And um, that one was essentially the same format. I would interview uh, people. Artist Dalibor Talajik would use the reference photos we got and, and videos and things like that. And so it was, you know, real life stories told in just these riveting and it has nothing to do with my talent or something that had to do with the subjects. And they were just so, uh, for both those, both those series that were, that was just so powerful, you know, um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, everything from like a firefighter in California battling wildfires that just keep getting bigger and more damaging. And, uh, there was, uh, in, um, South America, there was this community activist who basically there were, floods from these you know quote unquote once a century hurricanes that happened there there were two like two weeks apart um and uh you know she basically she found uh, a mother in a tree and mm. she had fallen asleep and dropped her baby in the water and so they're just these heart-rending stories and just powerful stories so uh but the weirdest thing is uh my my old high school uh, ordered 70 of them for a textbook. So I'm I'm going in October to like address, they have a writing to make change class. And so. Um, oh, I love be, that idea. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. I That's think it's, cool. I think the medium is so powerful. Like there's so many mm -hmm. things, obviously you look at books like ducks and, you know, everything Joe Sacco's done. And, and mm -hmm. so like, you, you know, the power that uh, this medium can have the trick is always convincing people that it's worth it economically to invest in, in this area, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you mentioned um, education and high schools and using comics in that way. And that was actually, I was going to take a step into talking about kind of the writing process for you, because one of the things that I try to get across to my students, I'm a high school English teacher by day. Um, I try to get this idea across that, you know, great stories don't just drop on the page, that um, it's a process of revision, it's multiple steps, uh, everybody has to work at these things. And I also know with a journalism background, you, you have good experience in meeting deadlines and turning things around as well. So curious about kind of the nuts and bolts of the, the writing process for you. Yeah, I mean, I think the key, uh, certainly with with licensed properties like Star Wars, where there are just so many, mm -hmm. um, you know, people that have to see it and be okay with it. I, I outline a lot, and I mm -hmm. think that that's been a, a major point. So that you're not just looking at like page one, a blank page one, or very rarely. Sometimes it happens, uh, but for the most part, wherever possible, I like to outline, be on the same page, and so you can kind of break down the pacing because of that. Um, yeah, there are a lot of revisions. I think that is something I uh, was definitely a skill or a hard earned skill, I should say, that I learned over all those years as a reporter for, for a uh, newspaper where the deadlines were the deadlines. Mm -hmm. It doesn't like there were times I would cover something, I'd rush back, I'd have 40 minutes to write 500 words and they weren't gonna be 500 great words, just uh, you know, <laughs> not in 40 minutes. So I just did the best I could and then I had to send it away and I had to emotionally divorce myself from it and move on to the next thing. Because yeah. I always tell people, like I occasionally do talks in high schools and for college journalism courses and things like that. Um, I always say like the one thing that separates 
professional writers from people who have great ideas is they get it onto the page mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it will never be great. It'll never be as good as you hoped it would be when you first get it onto the page. Everything you can do to make it better from there uh, will make it a better story. So it may take a lot of revisions. You may not get the chance to do that many revisions, but whatever it is, it will be better, but it won't be anything if you're constantly censoring yourself before you get it on the page, which I think is a common problem that a lot of aspiring writers have. Like, mm-hmm. oh, this I hate the way this reads. I'm just going to delete this novel, <laughs> you know? Right. And then, um, and so I think, you know, there are a lot of times something goes into print and I'm like, yeah, I wish I had more time. I wish this could have been better in this way, but you let it go and you move on to the next one. Cause you know, right. You get better at writing through the mm-hmm. practice. It's mm-hmm. like, anything else and so if you're not actually writing physically writing you're not going to get better absolutely absolutely love that and thank you for sharing that and as we're coming up to the promised amount of time that i promised to keep you uh curious about what's next in the creative journey that you can talk about uh, i know there are always things you can't talk about but um curious about kind of the creative steps that you'd like to take in the future as well as places where people can go and follow along and and kind of read up and follow things that you're doing yeah i mean i th- uh, the biggest project that i'm currently involved with besides the you know obviously bounty hunters and some uh DC stuff down the pipeline um, is a, a creator-owned book that's being published by Syzygy and Image Comics uh, called mm-hmm. A Haunted Girl. And this is something I'm, I'm co-writing with my daughter. And the other part of our team is uh, artist Marco Lorenzana, who the three of us are the creators. Uh, and what this is, is the reason my daughter is co-writing it is it is a supernatural horror story that is very much inspired by her real-life battles with depression and um suicidality. So uh, what happened was about four, four and a half years ago, uh, she was hospitalized um, as suicidal, very depressed. And I actually wrote, I was writing scripts for Star Wars Galaxy's Edge in the hospital cafeteria between visiting hours, Um, you know, and, you know, it it upends your world as a parent. And so I came up with this idea that I wanted to do was, was come up with an inspirational story about a depressed teen who essentially has to save the world. I won't go into too many spoilers. And basically I was hoping to have this be an inspirational story for my daughter to keep fighting. So there's a lot of the main characters sort of, uh, the main character is half Japanese. My daughter's half Japanese. There's a whole bunch of parallels. Um, and then four years later, she's in a place where uh, through therapy, through uh, working, you know, personal growth, through the, working together as a family, all these things, she's in a place, much better place, and she could co-write it with me, which gave it an incredible authenticity that I couldn't have done on my mm-hmm. own. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the first issue comes out October 11th, really excited about it. And also we teamed with the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Wow. Um yeah, so they did some like sensitivity reading along with Broadcast Thought, which is a, a, a therapist that sort of work with pop culture to have better depictions. Uh, and then the AFSP contributed a resource guide in the back of every issue. So, uh, right. you know, we we really hope to be um, a like for most people like a entertaining 
horror story and then for those readers who can see their own struggles mirrored in it we hope to be inspirational and cathartic and and make a difference so that's been my focus for the last few months is like getting that ready yeah um but i'm i'm very proud of that yeah yeah love how you're collaborating um with your daughter and kind of sharing that story and that'll be a powerful book entertaining and also powerful and uh great that that image comics is giving you the space to do a creator-owned work because that's that's an important part of all of this too yeah i have some other stuff in the pipeline that i can't talk about uh but yeah i i I think like the dream balance is always like god if i could have a marvel book a dc book (laughs) and a creator book every month like that would be you know that would be heaven yeah yeah and you would be a very very busy person as well (laughs) oh uh, yeah no i i'm actually writing more than three a month right now so wow i Yeah. yeah yeah it's a little rough yeah yeah well, Ethan, thank you so much. Um, I did also mention web spaces, so I want to make sure to to connect with that before we close out. Any particular spaces that are uh, especially like places where you're active, where people can kind of follow along and see updates and things like that? Well, for now, I'm still on, on X slash yes, Twitter. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> I think the second I have to pay a dime, I will be out. Uh, Maybe out before then. I don't know. But for now, they can find me on, uh, you know, X slash Twitter at uh, Ethan J. Sachs. I'm on Blue Sky, uh, just as Ethan Sachs dot uh, Blue Sky. And, um, you know, I, I should be more active on Instagram and uh, and threads. But, you know, here we are. There, there you can only do so many. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, again, thank you so much. Uh, wonderful to talk with you and always glad to share about your work and um, hope to talk again in the future. Sounds good. Thanks for taking the time and thanks for the questions. My pleasure. Thank you so much.